Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Katie in Seattle, Tiffany in Rome. And while it seems like the whole world is going somewhere on a trip, on an adventure, uh, you and I are not. We are just where we are. And this <laughs> seems to me like the epitome of what March is. But I have tend to have kind of a grim view on March, which uh, I've been told Why? that I need to get over. Why do you have a grim view of March? It's like the beginning of spring. It's the, yes. it's the most hopeful month. Well, okay. I think it goes back to a particularly traumatic March where it was, I don't remember what year it was. It was probably around 2016-ish when this show was going on. It would be interesting actually to go back and listen to what was happening on the show during that March because it would have been been a real feat for me. But that particular March was a month when in Seattle it rained every single day. The entire month, as far as I recall, maybe we got one day off, but every single day. And you think when you think of Seattle, the first thing you think of is rain, right? Drizzle, rain, gray skies, all very accurate. However, this particular month, it poured rain all month. And pouring rain is not something that we get here a lot, you know, like really, Mm -hmm. really heavy rain. I was also working at Town Hall in Seattle, which is a performance venue which is remodeled now but was not remodeled then and it's a very it was a very old church building that was repurposed into this beautiful performance space but the offices there were so cold because it was this old drafty building so i would show up to work i would be soaking wet because no matter what kind of rain gear i was wearing there was nothing that could be done wind and rain heavy rain you just show up with your feet wet or something And then I would have to work in this office all day. So it's almost like your clothes don't even dry. You're just in this cold, cold office. And then, I mean, it just sort of led to like, I don't really remember the details of it all, but I remember that it led to a pretty grim depression where it was just, you just feel cold and wet and miserable every single day. And it just felt like it went on and on and on. And that was the moment when I thought to myself, you know what, I am done living here. I'm finished with this kind of weather. I am finished with these gray skies where we don't see the sun for five months of the year. I am moving and very shortly thereafter is when Derek gets the opportunity to get a new job and move to San Francisco. And so the decision to move to San Francisco, I think largely came out of that month, that kind of just absolute frustration at the grim state of affairs that was that particular March. So now every March, I just dread it. You know, I feel like it's going to be awful. <laughs> oh, and in fact, you've come to Rome a couple times in March or maybe uh-huh. April. I can't remember. No, now. I did come to Rome in March and it was pouring rain nearly oh, the entire God. time I was there. Wait, not the last time, the time before that? The time before that. Because the last time, the last time I was there, I was actually there in April and early May. April. Right. And then the time before that, I was there in March and it was pouring rain. It was like the wettest March. And thankfully, at the last minute when I was packing for that trip, I threw in one extra pair of shoes because I was like, oh, I could just wear the same shoes every day. First day I was in Rome, it rained so hard. My shoes did not dry for a week. Thank goodness (laughs) I had that other pair of shoes. Otherwise, I would have been completely screwed. (laughs) Well, we would have gone shopping. Okay, fine. That's Um, true. You can buy things when you're on the road. 
you know, that does sound traumatic. I don't know if it's dramatic, but just depressing. No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's harsh. I was in Seattle in March of 2018 Mm -hmm. when my book was released. Oh yeah. And, and it was gorgeous. It (laughs) was gorgeous. The funny thing was I went to LA first and I stayed with my sister and I did a couple of book appearances in LA and it was awful weather. It was drizzling. And this was probably the third week of March. And it was just drizzly and gray and icky in in LA. And then I went to Seattle and it was gorgeous, beautiful, sunny every day. The daffodils were out and it was just beautiful. Um, (laughs) But that was pure luck, I know. Well, and it figures too, because I think I was living in San Francisco at that point. So it was probably overcast and really windy (laughs) in San Francisco and you're up here and it's beautiful. I will say that this particular March has had some really beautiful sunny days. Let me ask you a question, Katie. Why don't you, I mean, obviously with the exception of when you came to Rome, why don't you make it a point to at least go on one short trip every March? You know, why don't you make that your, I mean, there are people, <laughs> Makes especially sense. people who suffer from seasonal, what do they call it? Seasonal affective, affective disorders. Disorder yeah. Sad. Yeah. Who, yeah, who, who gets sad every, you know, cold weather. I'm not like that. Um, of course, I don't know. I can't, you know, I haven't lived in a really dreadfully horrible weather place in a long time. Although I have, I spent three winters in Montreal. Okay. Six months of snow. Okay. Uh-huh. So I know what rough weather is like. But, you know, some people will go off and be like, okay, for my mental health, I need a week in Hawaii every March. <laughs> Do you know, you know, I've been filling in quite a bit this month at the local NPR station that I work for as the midday newswoman. So I do the news headlines at the top of the hour. And uh, one of the stories I did recently, you'll get a kick out of this, was a census that they had done that some branch of the U.S. government had started during the pandemic to try to monitor depression and other moods of the country, basically. And they found that Seattle in February rated the number one most depressed major metropolitan area in the country. I believe it. (laughs) With women slightly more depressed than men. And of the five most recent surveys they had done, because they're doing them quarterly or you know, every six months, something like that. Of the last five they had done, Seattle had ranked number one three of the five times. Oof. So are we more depressed or are we just more honest about our depression? Italians seem to be so sensitive to the weather. All they do 24 hours a day, except for summer, is complain about the weather. That's <laughs> all they do. I mean, they complain to because they complain that it's too hot. So maybe there's like two months in spring that they don't complain, but it is constant. And we had this kind of cold spell in February where it got down to freezing or almost freezing every night for maybe 10 days. And in the, during the day, it was still pretty cold, but not that cold during the day, not cold enough to snow. It never snowed, but you know, chilly days. It was like national panic. The place that I most hear the conversations is at the gym. Mm. I'll be in there changing my clothes and and I'll hear the ladies talking to each other. Invariably, they're talking about the weather. And And every single time I get out of the shower, almost every single time, somebody comments to me, wow, you're brave to take a shower on such a cold day. (laughs) Every single time, including today. Mm -hmm. And it's not even cold. It's literally not cold. It's, It's not warm. But it's like, whatever, you know, it's typical, it's like 50 degrees or something. And 
I was sitting outside. It was a gorgeous day a couple of days ago with his, my son's um, best friend's mom. And she's, oh, thank God it's sunny. I just cannot, I have been suffering so much with this weather. And I'm like, it's been gorgeous. Mostly it's sunny. And then when it's not sunny, it's like one day. And then the next day it's like partially sunny. And I just don't understand. I can get it in Seattle. I can get it in Montreal. I can get it in Boston, but in Rome, you don't have the right to complain about the weather in Rome. Yeah, I know. Well, weather is also like a low lift too. So I think everywhere in the world, weather is something people talk about with strangers because it's just, it's the easiest well, thing. It's, no, it's because people like to complain. Uh, people like to complain. And that is something you can complain about that's nobody's fault. So you're not blaming anybody <laughs> and you can just complain about it and you can commiserate. But I refuse to go there because I love all types of weather <laughs> I just now if i lived in seattle and it was gray for five months in a row i would probably not say that but because i live in a place that's pretty variable it's so funny because i said to claudia that the day i was like oh my gosh this is my favorite time of year just when the flowers are starting like you start to notice the flowers that smell of spring in the air this is my favorite moment of the year and he goes tiffany you say that all year long <laughs> yeah. all year long you I'm... say this is my favorite moment of the year because that's how i feel with the exception of the middle of summer which i hate yeah yeah i can see that about you because i've heard you talk about different periods of the weather i i generally don't <laughs> hate the weather but i don't know i there's something well what, maybe I, to it, get back to my point you need to travel in march the bigger issue is and something you've vividly observed in rome is that everybody is traveling it feels like now i would say that most of the people i know right now are mostly hanging around seattle that said i was just sitting in a coffee shop yesterday and there were two women next to me talking about their upcoming trip and i do feel like that's a conversation that you're overhearing a lot or you're having in line or you're talking with other parents about it oh yeah we're going to be going here in april we're going to be going here in march for all these plans that people have and it does feel like the travel boom is on and when it's you and me and we're like, well, we don't really have any travel plans <laughs> anytime in the foreseeable future. Or... Well, I mean, how long is the foreseeable future? I'm definitely going somewhere in June, June or July. We haven't quite figured out exactly the moment yet, but we're definitely going to take our family vacation. We take a family vacation at least once a year. So we are going to do that. We just don't know where yet. For me, it's, it's just a from what I've been hearing, and I talked to somebody who has a contact who works in the Rome airport, mm. the Fiumicino airport, this person said that, you know, they see the bookings. I, I don't know exactly what their job is because I don't know this person, but they see the bookings coming in, you know, for all airlines. It's not just for the Italian airline. And it is beyond what has ever been seen before as far as flights coming into Rome. Off the charts, way higher than pre-pandemic levels. Hmm. And I'm so not surprised because I think that people got so stir crazy during the pandemic. So many trips were canceled. And a lot of people did go in 2022. You know, it was a big, 2022 was also a big travel year. But I think that 2023 is going to be bigger. I think I told you when I was at Easter time last year, I was hanging out with my mom and my nephew first day they arrived and I was just absolutely overwhelmed with the crowds in the city. Now it was Easter weekend. Okay. So the busiest weekend in Rome, it was so crazy. And it was a combination of, is it that I'm just not used to the tourists or is it really more than usual? And I think it was probably both, 
Claudio, you know, the Vatican Museum, you know, you've been there. You went in the wintertime. They were empty, right? Practically. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's yeah. how it always used to be, you know, is you go in there, unless it's maybe a Saturday, you go in there during November, early December, late January, February, and they're empty. And Claudio, who's in there every day, sends me pictures. You know, he's been sending me pictures for months of these crowded galleries in the museum where you cannot move. And he said, today, it's as crowded as it is at Easter. Mm. And this was the entire down season, the entire low season. I mean, I remember sitting at a little cafe with, with Aurelio back in November outside. We were sitting at an outside table and this tour group went by on a street that's not even, it's not even like it was the street that leads to the Vatican Museums or the street that leads to the Coliseum. It was this really kind of small street that's not necessarily on the main tourist track. And there were like 60 people in this group go. And I just thought, when has this ever been like this in November? And everybody who lives here, and particularly people I know who work in tourism and my friends who are tour guides in the Vatican, are just like, I do not understand. They usually have downtime during the low season, at least a month or two where they're not working very much and they can kind of recoup their energy from the high season. And they, they just didn't have it this year. Hmm. It's just been complete full go. And so if that's what the winter was like, <laughs> I'm like, what is the spring and the summer going to bring? Well, scared maybe everyone will be worn out by then it will be like the rush is over i don't know I mean, and i wonder is it italy specifically or is it mm -hmm. all major tourist attractions throughout the world well we'll have to ask for those of you who live in other major tourist attractions what's happening send us a note and let us know what is claudio saying about it for him personally i mean i know his job is often around crowds anyway but is the job more stressful when there's that many more people Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, he's guarding, it's right? So he's got to be keeping an eye on everybody. It's stressful just simply being around that many people. It's a physical stress. It's an energy suck, too, when you're around that many people. There's some psychological reason for it. It's just when there are that many people around you, it's draining. Mm. It's exhausting. And, you know, he's he's in it every day. It's hard. It's hard. And he always looks forward to the low season. You know, he's always like, oh, it's going to be a little bit calmer now it's going to be a little bit quieter also think just the noise just the noise of that many people mm -hmm. it's very um fastidioso um <laughs> i can't think of the word it's very annoying disturbing <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes i think like i know i can go somewhere but you know i also know that i have responsibilities here and i have lots of people here that i like and i mean i live in a city i could do all manner of different things in a day and sometimes I think that my own dullness or boredom or routines in the evening or whatever is a lack of my own imagination. And I know that we've talked about this a little bit on the show that in the fact that, you know, sometimes if you get your list of favorite restaurants and, you know, you just go to those places and you forget that there's this entire city full of other choices out there. And you're like, gee, why am I so bored? This city seems so tiny. <laughs> It's like, well, you keep going to the same 10 places, so. You know, though, I mean, sometimes you go to those places because you know they're good. Claudio and I went, we tried a new restaurant last weekend. We often tend to go to the same the same restaurants, too. But, you know, I said, let's go to this place on the other side of the city. It's on the Aventine Hill. We never go over there. It's this uh, Malaysian restaurant mm. that I feel like I've always heard good things about. The only Malaysian restaurant in Rome and so I've always wanted to go. And so Claudio and I decided we would go on Saturday night 
and I made a reservation. And I've been to Malaysia and I just remember that the food was some of the best food I've ever eaten in my life. And I just couldn't wait. So we sit down. Turns out the menu is sort of like a mix between Thai, Chinese, and a, a few Malaysian specialties. But I ordered this uh, first course, this appetizer that sounded good. It was awful. Okay. <laughs> it was awful. And I'm not a, a picky eater in the sense that I might have particular tastes, but I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, this isn't, this isn't quality food. Like I'm never, I'm not that person. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like I've, I've said, I'm not a foodie. If it's decent food, I'll probably like it. You know, I'm like very into simple, traditional home style cooking, but I couldn't really eat this. So we got some spring rolls and I'm like, you know, you can't go wrong with spring rolls. Well, the spring rolls were fine. <laughs> I was going to say, but it, it turns out you can go wrong. With spring <laughs> the spring rolls were like the classic spring roll you could get at any Chinese restaurant mm. on the planet. Uh, and then I got pad thai. I decided eventually to get pad thai because it's something that I know I like. Yeah. And I know what to expect with pad thai. And it's something I've always loved. It arrives and it is tepid mm. it is limp see this is all okay i would say this is another one of the reasons why you go to the same 10 places right because that's you know, what i'm saying but i mean i i think i think i also go to the same 10 places because they're cheaper so they're not well, necessarily an, better they're not even necessarily good reason. Oh, well, if they're not good, then I mean, you shouldn't they're go okay. There. They're better than me having to cook every night. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but I mean, the the state of affairs in Seattle, at least, is I mean, it's very hard to go out for dinner with you and another person and not spend at least $50. And so trying new things, you just it's a risk. It's a risk. And I remember, I remember saying to Claudio, like, thank God, we didn't have to pay a babysitter. Because uh, I really days at my in-laws when we go out and and you know when you have to spend pay for a babysitter like you know an evening out can be really really pricey when you have kids even if you even if you're lucky enough to have a, a grandparent around who can be a babysitter which is extremely lucky for us it's still complex to organize a night out and date night you know because you've got okay tomorrow's school we can't do it on a weekday or we got this thing coming up the next morning we can't do it then da 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 and, you know, I was so excited for this restaurant and it was such a disappointment. I didn't even tell you the worst part. Claudio found a little piece of wire in the food, it, 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 but he was in his mouth. Oh, wow. Like he had to pull it out of his mouth, like a little metal wire that was probably part of a scrubbing, yeah. shower, a scouring pad or something. Enough about the restaurant, but I get why you don't want to branch out sometimes. And also, you know what? Traveling is not just expensive. It's tiring. Mm-hmm. I love to travel. I mean, I'm a huge travel lover, but it's tiring, especially if you're towing kids around. And when we got back from Florence, I mean, we were only there two days and we, we got back and I was just like, oh, thank God I'm home. Like, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah. I think I don't know about uh, our listeners, but I feel out of practice traveling. I feel like I went so long without traveling during the pandemic and, and just because I was raising a little kid, so I wasn't traveling very often, that I now feel out of practice and I feel like it takes a lot out of me hmm. that I don't feel like it used to. I don't know if you feel the same. Hmm. Do I? I don't know. I always usually tend to find some kind of travel sort of freeing 
So I, I do find certain aspects of it very tiring, of course, especially if you're flying, you know, all the way across the world, because, you know, 24 hours or more of travel is just tiring, <laughs> you know, uh, there's no way around it. But I, I do, generally speaking, like being on the move. I like seeing new things. You know, I'm even the kind of person who will, if I have to take the bus somewhere, I'll just look out the window you know, a lot of people are just looking at their phones and stuff. I'm like, there's nothing interesting in my phone, you know, that's more interesting than whatever's happening on the street as I go by, you know, that's sort of how. So I tend to feel like if I'm on the move, that the world all of a sudden feels expansive. Whereas if I'm working from home, I me and my sister were laughing the other day about the fact that we both work from home. And if you're not careful, I mean, we could see nobody ever. You know, <laughs> like we'll, we'll see people on the screen, you know, like I'm looking at you right now as we record this. But but if you don't ever go anywhere, it's like you don't have any encounters. You're we both put on real clothes in the morning. But, you know, <laughs> you're basically living your life inside one particular space. And if you're not careful, uh, that becomes everything, you know, your whole life, which, of course, gets yeah. boring and routine. But so I tend to feel like travel is very expansive, but I will say that I don't necessarily feel that way if I'm, you know, going to f visit family. And that's not because I don't like being with my family. I like being with my family very much. But when you think about like going to Palm Desert and doing a writing retreat, that kind of thing is very hard for me to concentrate on, you know, and particularly I think writing because it takes so much concentration that even just sitting in a different environment where different family members are coming and going, it just makes it very hard to actually get in deep enough to make anything happen. So it depends, like the writing stuff is the most hard, I think, to travel with unless I'm going somewhere absolutely alone and mm -hmm. I'm putting myself in a cabin in the woods or something. I don't even know. I've never done anything like that. So I tend to stick especially if I'm writing, tend to stick closer to home because I feel like I can actually like get into it without a bunch of fuss. But uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like when we came to Rome, except for the fact that I got COVID, which in general was fairly exhausting, it's not a fun illness to have, that travel prior to that, you know, it felt freeing. Generally speaking, I don't miss anything when I'm on the move. You know, I just don't miss my stuff. I sometimes miss my funny weird animals but other than that <laughs> I don't miss my house or wish I could get back to it but right now I'm here in my house and so I'm like oh here I am I'm I'm back not only am I back to it I'm like in it I've been here for years is what it feels like so so yeah that's where we're at yeah I mean maybe we need to um brainstorm in ways that we can travel <laughs> without leaving the city you know leave our homes a little bit more yeah I, for me I, I leave my home a lot I mean, I have to leave my home every morning to take my son to school. I, you know, I go to the gym a couple times a week. I take long walks in my neighborhood. I go to the supermarket. I go to the pharmacy. I run tons of errands, take my son to karate twice a week, swimming. You know, I am out a certain amount. However, I have found, and I, I know I must have mentioned this before, but I'm very lazy about going into the center of town. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that because because in running those kinds of errands, even though like taking a kid to karate isn't really an errand, but you know what I mean. Uh, running those kinds of errands are different. Like, yeah, you're getting out. Like, I got out. I went to the grocery store on Sunday, you know, but I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're getting out, you know, you're just, 
surviving. I mean, I think we need to do a larger show about your resolution to have more fun because I I feel that yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's not for happening me. right now. I know, and I feel that it's same not, thing for me. Not like, succeeding. I want to have more fun. I had this thought the other day. I went to see a science lecture with a friend of mine, and it was at a cafe in a bookstore with a speaker that's great talking about crows, which, you know, I'm interested in. But I was there in this very dynamic space with tons of people. And I looked around and me and my friend are there and everybody else who's there is probably at least 20 years older than us, you know? And I I love older people and I spend a lot of time with older people. You know, some of my best friends that I hang out with every week are almost 70. But that said, I did have the thought when we were sitting there, I'm like, where are the people my own age? What are they doing? Because I never encounter them. I might see them in a grocery store. And then I'm like, well, are they all just raising kids? Is that what it is? Because I don't know what they're doing at night. I know what the 20 somethings are doing at night. And I know what the 60 and 70 somethings are doing at night. But where are the people in the middle? Where are the people my own age? And this is a mystery that I need to solve because I don't know where they are. Obviously, not all of them are going to have children. Yeah. But a lot of them, a lot of them do. And the ones that have children are probably at home sleeping or watching some form of entertainment. Or if it's date night, they're out on a date. But it's, you know, nine times out of 10 or more, they're sleeping or they're vegging out. That is what <laughs> I know. 40 ah. year ish parents do because we, we can't leave the house because we've got a little one who's asleep and we're tired. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're right. I mean, so I'm, tired we're too. I'm, ti- we're, I'm tired too. I'm tired. I'm tired. I know. But you, you're not stuck <laughs> in the house, Katie. You're not stuck in the house. That's true. I can go anywhere at any time. That's, that's definitely true. It was a lifestyle <laughs> choice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, this was, we should end it there. This beautiful and meandering conversation. Uh, let us know how you feel about the month of March. And also, if you are living in a tourist city, a place where a lot of people want to go, are you as overrun right now as Rome is? I would be curious to know. You can always send us an email, bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I should also mention that we have a bonus episode coming out this week that I just put together last night, and it is <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh it is a, an episode that we are doing about unexpected kisses which seems random but a lot of very <laughs> very cute and funny stories in there so i i don't know if you're not a patreon subscriber if you don't uh, support the show and get those bonus episodes every month i think this one might be a fun one to step over onto the patreon for uh for as little as five dollars a month you get two bonus episodes every month and now you even talk about kissing or being unexpectedly kissed by a particular podcast celebrity. So those of you who are big podcast fans, I'm not going to say who it is on the real show because no way am I saying who it is on the real show. <laughs> but I guarantee <laughs> so that some of you have to come on our Patreon. Uh, yeah, I guarantee that some of you are very familiar with this man's work. Yeah, that's a fun story. Uh, we also made a, a huge announcement on the Patreon this month of an upcoming very special, very uh, exclusive event, events, which eventually we will be announcing on the main show. But if you want to be in the know and maybe get your name in the hat faster than everybody else, 
visit us over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Bittersweet Life Podcast. Uh, there are links in the show notes, or you can find it at thebittersweetlife.net. All right. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Bye.